0: Luke 14. Praise God. Appreciate your prayers. Keep on praying. I want God's direction more than ever before in these last days that we are living in. And uh, we need the word of God to be our foundation. We need the word of God to be that light unto our path. Amen. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for truth, God. Thank you, Lord. So thankful, God, for this time that we can look into your word together, God. I pray that you would anoint it, God. Just plant it into our hearts and our lives and help us, I pray, God, to not only be hearers of your word, but doers also, God. You know the battle we're fighting. You know, Lord, what we're up against in these last days more than we know ourselves, God. Continue to equip us. And prepare us, Lord, for what is up ahead. We love you. We thank you, God. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Luke 14, let's just read uh, verse 31. It says, What king, going to make war against another king, sitteth not down first, and consulteth whether he be able with ten thousand to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000. God bless you. You can be seated. Well, I, I don't think I need to spend a lot of time trying to convince us that we are in a warfare. And that in these last days, it certainly seems like it is intensifying. Amen. Amen. We can see in this portion of Scripture that... There is a war going on and we must understand that God expects us to be wise. The specific understanding of that wisdom here in this scripture is that there is a planning process. We recognize that we got an enemy coming against us. We recognize that he is going to come with With great wrath, the Bible says, knowing his time is short. And if we're going to look at the facts and look at the odds and look with natural understanding, it will always seem like the enemy outnumbers you. It will always seem like the enemy has the upper hand. But recognize this, praise God, we are not at a disadvantage when we are in God. Amen. We've quoted it a few times beforehand that greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. And if God be for us, who can be against us? And with him we are more than conquerors. But if you sit back and analyze the the news of the day and you start looking at everything that you're up against, it's going to look like you're outnumbered. It's going to seem as though that you're at a disadvantage. But we must understand that we are on the winning side. We are on the winning side. There is not this false idea sometimes that the devil even has a fighting chance. Not when we are in God. Amen. You'll notice if you spend some time looking through your Old Testament, and I recommend it, it's good reading. Work your way through the Bible. But recognize this, that when God's people were in the will of God, doing God's will, putting Him first, they weren't playing with idols. They weren't playing with sin. i tell you, they were winning. They were winning. Always winning. Amen. They wouldn't lose one when they were on on point with God. It was only when there was sin in the camp. It was only when they were playing around with the things of the world that they ever have to be fearful of a a defeat in battle. But recognize this. God tells us very simply, that we have to plan to win. All right. yes. We have to, not like so many that I see, this is not some figurative kind of idea that sounds good to, to have a good sermon. Oh no, I've seen too many people winging it. All right. I've seen too many people hoping for the best. They live their lives without any idea. They know, oh, we. Oh, yeah, I'm in a battle. Isn't the devil, oh, yeah, he's nasty. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's tough. But they never just recognize the fact that, hey, we've got to make up our minds and make decisions daily to be on the winning side. You say, well, I'm praying. That's good. That's good. That's so important. I will never, never diminish prayer. That is so vital. To victory in the battle. But I'm telling you, it's got to be the right kind of prayer. That's right. This idea that we're just going to run through it and, and again, just hope for the best. Oh no, you're going to have to get filled up. You're going to have to be in the presence of God. You're going to have to be sensitive to the presence of God. That God can lead, God can speak, God can direct you. Amen. Too often, it's just a whole lot more worrying, but on our knees. Amen. A whole lot more of saying, oh, no, what am I going to do? Too many people getting in a place of prayer, thinking about what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. And it's just worry. It's just fear. It's not holding on to a promise. It's not pushing back the enemy. It's not pulling down strongholds. Amen. I'm talking about real prayer that breaks through. Amen. There's too many folks that forgot about what we've always heard, praise God, coming into this. We've always heard, praise God, some of those that have gone on before us talk about praying through. Oh, you prayed today. Did you break through? Did you get to a place where you touched heaven? Or were you just still battling with your thoughts and ideas and feelings and just in the flesh saying things? Bless mama, bless daddy, bless Fido. Amen. But never really touching God, never really breaking through. Right, that's the kind of prayer we need, yes. Yes. and that's not that's that's the kind of prayer that availeth much. Doesn't yes. that what it says? The effectual, fervent prayer. Hear me, Amen. Yes. Not just going through the motions, not just the same old, same old, Amen. You might be praying for the same battles. You might be praying for the same, but that's not vain repetitions but it's praying, praise God, touching God and and having that that attitude it's not going to quit. Like that widow woman that because of her importunity, because she was just can I say it in a in a godly way, she had a godly stubbornness about her. She said, "I'm not quitting until I see victory. I'm not quitting until I get my answer." Amen. That's not vain repetitions. But too many folks, are they're, they're putting in time, they're calling prayer, but you'd never call it effectual fervent prayer. Yes. Amen. Yes, sir. Knowing that the enemy's coming, knowing that the enemy's not playing games and hoping we just get through it and making, ne- never really saying, you know what, because I know I have an adversary and I'm not ignorant of the devil's devices, the Bible says. We know how he works. What are you doing any different about it to get the victory? See, I fully plan on making it to heaven. I fully plan on making it across the finish line. But I have no misgivings about how it's going to happen and it's going to be a battle. Amen. And I've got to face those battles considering what I'm up against. Well, if you continue to read this, it talks about how, well... uh, In a natural, he's got to figure out, do I have enough to do this or do I need to make peace with this one coming against us? Now, we're not going to make peace with the devil. But the idea is, i got to figure out what I need to do to make it. Amen. That's why Sister was talking about how important it is to be in church and how important it is for her. And we're going to get back to this a few times. It's not the main point of the message. But it's so important that we are able to, praise God, be challenged in ourselves and be confronted by the word of God and by the Spirit. Because what we're up against we 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 need direction in this last day, we need to know what we we what our choices are and how we can can make the right choice to get the victory that we need right now. Amen. Amen. If we look in this context uh and back up a little bit in chapter fourteen, verse sixteen, he's telling some parables here he's telling us some things. Praise God. He's talking about a man that has a great supper. Verse sixteen: This said unto then said he unto them, A certain man had made a great supper and bade many. Now, you could just talk about talk to anybody, and ask them if they want to be saved, they want to go to heaven, they don't want to, they don't want to be lost, they don't want to go to hell. And uh, anybody say, "Of course, I want to be saved. Of course, I want to be with Jesus. Of course, I want to." Want to spend eternity with him. Amen? But what happens is choices arise. Well, he sends his servants at supper time and say to them that were bidden come, for all are now ready. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen to a lot of folks when Jesus comes. It's not going to be this transpiring of a conversation that occurs, but it is certainly the reasoning behind why they're not going to go up. Amen. It's going to be because they had too many excuses not to be right where God wanted them to be. If you read in Matthew 13 about the sower going forth to sow the seed, one part talks about how some of that seed fell on thorny ground. The thorns come up and choke out the plantings of the Lord so that they're not able to bring forth fruit unto perfection. Amen. And the Lord tells us very clearly... Those thorns aren't representative so much of of the sins that God brought you out of, but they are the cares of this life that distract you from really dedicating and surrendering and, and, and following God, amen, in every step that you take. Cares of this world. Deceitfulness of riches. It keeps people from growing and being what God wanted them to be. Amen. You remember what Joshua said. Somebody needs to hear what I'm going to tell you right now. Hey, it's a good thing to stay away from the sins that God brought you out of. But Joshua said, choose you this day whom you'll serve. There's gods back there in Egypt that are pulling at you. But he said, there's plenty of chances to backslide in this Canaan land. The gods of the Amorites are all around us. You wanna, you wanna pick up some, some new distraction that keeps you out of church, keeps you away from God, keeps you out of real prayer, keeps you from dedication to God. There's plenty of idolatry around that maybe you've not even met before, but you choose this day whom you're gonna serve. But he said, as for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. Right. So the Bible says in verse 17, he sent his servant at supper time, to say unto them that were been come for all things are now ready. Remember all those folks said, Yeah, we want to, we want to spend eternity with Jesus. We want to be in heaven. Of course, whoever, who would choose to be lost and go to hell? Right. Right. Now it's time to be ready. And they all, with one consent, began to make excuse. Excuses are just that. They, they don't seem so bad. Nobody says, well, I don't have time for God. Right. I don't really love him like I said I did. I I, I didn't really mean all that stuff about being dedicated to him, putting him first. I I love sin. I love flesh. I I, I love this present world. Nobody says that. But you know what? First said unto him, I bought a piece of ground. Then I must needs go and see it. I pray thee have me excused. There's the uh, possessions. Cares of this life. Another said, "I have bought five yoke of oxen. This is this is for work." Right. Amen. How many understand? That's important. Yeah. Yeah. But you got to be a child of God and work. Right. You got to stay focused and keep God first. Don't okay. let somebody said, "Well, is it okay for a Christian to to uh, be this or that or the other?" Well, if it takes you away from God and dedication to God, a dedication to God, be a Christian wherever God puts you. Amen. On, yes, sir. But don't let it pull you away from God. Amen. Yeah. Bought five yoke of oxen. I go to prove them. I pray that you have me excused. Another said, I've married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. Hey, listen, anything and everything has to be put into second place. And way not even close to first place, because that's God's. Yes. In fact, he goes on after. This is kind of written in a way that might be tough to tough to swallow, but it's not. God's word is right. Luke 14, verse 26 he goes on and says, if any man come after me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children. Now, understand this. Just we're, we're not we're not called to hate anybody. Right. But well, let me finish reading it. And brothers and sisters and his own life. Also, he cannot be my disciple. And Whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. I think. Comparing scripture to scripture, interpreting scripture with scripture, you go over to Mark Matthew ten thirty seven. He says, "He that loveth father and mother more than me, is not worthy of me." Yes. I like to put it this way: You say, "Am I supposed to hate folks?" Of course not. But you know what? When it comes down to the kind of love they have for God compared to the kind of love that I have for anybody else, it's that's it's so different. Yeah. It might as well be. Listen, I, I, I said it earlier. I love my wife dearly. She won't keep me from living for God. And I can say without a doubt, I won't keep her for it. She loves, I, from the day we, we were married, she loved Jesus more than she loves me. And that's what blesses our home. When we love Jesus first and we have a relationship with him first and our life is based on that, would it hurt me deeply if she decided to be stupid and not live for God? And that is stupid. Amen. Well, praise God. It would hurt me deeply, but it would not keep me from God. It wouldn't keep me from him. Amen. What if my children didn't want to live for God? Hey, I want to tell you something. I've seen some things that weren't so smart. Can I tell you? I'm going to still live for God. I'm going to still pray. I might cry a little bit more than I did last week. Amen. But I'm going to cry to Jesus. Amen. He, does, he doesn't let. If if you let me down, God didn't let me down. Amen. If family and friends let me down, God didn't let me down. Amen. God's been good to me. I don't understand people. To me, it's just this simple. Praise God. People say, oh, I'm having it rough or somebody treated me wrong and and somebody really hurt me. I get that so far. I'm with you. That happens. Amen. Ah. I- I'm just going to, I'm just so angry at God. I'm going to run away from the best friend I ever had that pulled me out of sin. When I didn't love him, he loved me. He's been kind to me. He's been generous to me. He's blessed me. And he's been so merciful to me. And I'm going to run away from him into the arms of the devil. Now, how does that make sense? I'm going to run away from God and run to the enemy that steals, kills, and destroys. How ridiculously absurd is that? That's a nice way of saying stupid (laughs) to run to my enemy that hates me and run away from God because things didn't go the way I expected them to go. I need God then more than ever before. I said I need God then more than ever before. So I can't love anybody more than I love him. Praise God. And I told you this before. I don't need to tell you this, but I'm going to just. Just I've heard people say, well, you know, putting God first. I mean, I love my family so much there. I've heard people just just almost righteously proclaim there. Nobody's coming before them. You think loving God's going to hurt your relationship with them? Uh -uh. When you love God, you're going to have more love to love your family, to love your friends, to love your children, your husband, your wife. Amen. Amen. It's not going to take away from that. Never. It's going to help you so much more. Amen. Without God's love in me, I'm not worth a whole lot. I can't hardly take care of myself, let let alone express love to other people. Praise God. But God comes in, he fixes and he'll teach you. I'm I'm going to tell you, some of us don't understand what it's like to have a healthy relationship. You've never seen a lot of that exemplified in your life. And Hollywood certainly wasn't a good teacher for you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. But when you come to the Lord, he's able to put something in you to, to teach you and keep teaching you. Amen. But you got to let him be that teacher, that the Lord of your life. And don't let anything pull you away. Talk about planning to win. Because sometimes people will fail you. Amen. It hurts, but it shouldn't, shouldn't just devastate you to the point where where you just giving up on, on God. And amen. Amen. That's why he says these things, because sometimes people in your life, they 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 don't do the right thing. Amen. Keep loving God. Keep loving God. Keep keep serving God. Don't I plan to win. Amen. Hello. Plan to win. And I recognize I cannot. I believe somebody might have testified about it here recently. I cannot control what other people are doing around me. I wish I could. Some of you think I should. Amen. But I can't. God doesn't even do that. Right. He, everybody's got a choice and God's not going to make anybody. Right. Praise the Lord. Yeah. So I've got to have it already planned out. You know, the old song we sing, take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Take this whole world, just give me Jesus. Take this whole world, just give me Jesus. World, give me Jesus. No turning back. Right. No turning back. Though none go with me. I still will follow. Right. Though none go with me, I still will follow. Amen. No turning back. Yeah. Amen. you got to make up your mind. There's no turning back. Amen. Yeah. Uh, you say, oh, I don't like to think about that. I, I, you just got to have an understanding of the Word of God. There's nobody that can cause me to turn back. All right. Amen. I like the way Brother Campbell years ago told me about it. He said, people get on your nerves. and, and, and it, But if they have enough control over you to cause you to sin, to cause you to lose your composure and act like a sinner. Amen. They have enough control over you to cause you to start losing faith and, and start just shaking your foundation. They shouldn't have that kind of control over you. And he told me, don't let anybody keep your soul in their back pocket. Don't let anybody do that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, praise God. Hebrews 12. Talking about planning to win. I'm planning to win. Amen. I'm not just talking about it. I'm not just hoping. Amen. Amen. You say, but what, what, what might happen tomorrow? I'm planning to win. Yeah. Amen. I've told you this before. You might think this is uh, a lot. Maybe it is. But when I first got into to church and started getting into the Word of God, and then God started getting into me, I mean really getting into this. I started studying end times because I believe we're in the end times. Praise the Lord. I don't think the book of Revelation is a scary book because i got my eyes on God. But you know what a lot of folks do. And a lot of those things, you know what? I, I don't expect things to get better and better in the world. I got into this expecting the, the, the beginning of sorrows, what we read about in Matthew 24, Wednesday night. Amen. I also was reading my Bible and recognizing that a lot of these men and women of faith, praise God, had a lot of miracles. And I also read how some of them died saying, I'm not going to turn away from God. Amen. The Bible says the world wasn't worthy of them. Then I got started, I heard preachers talk about the Fox's Book of Martyrs, and it's not easy reading, trust me, but it is, a, it is basically just a journal of how from the very beginning of the first church, history shows the thousands, the ten thousands, and the millions of people that stood up and said, you can do whatever you want, I'm not going to turn away from Jesus. Right. Amen. I started reading about martyrs and reading about people in communist China, people behind the Iron Curtain in Russia back in during the Cold War days. You know, that's what they used to call it. And people who said, oh, I'm not going to join your state religion. I'm not going to join your atheistic kind of ideologies and worship uh, your the emperor or worship the czars. And uh, and uh, and they would be tortured. And their families would be tortured. And it was happening even today, praise God, things that are happening even in Muslim countries and other places where people are converting to be a child of God and and their families are being hacked up. Listen to me, praise God. I've had my mind made up for a long time. I'm going to live for God. You say, oh, it's easy to say that. You're not telling me anything I don't know. But I'm planning on winning. And if Paul could face a chopping block, we can make it to whatever God is going to face us with. We've got what he's got. We're going to have to keep our focus on what God has said. Amen. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but I'm just saying a, a lot of real exciting. Amen. But I'm telling you, I think Paul was excited to say I fought a good fight. I finished the course. I kept my faith. I don't have my mind on that all day, every day. I'm not telling you that. But I am saying I have a faith that says whatever we must face, God's got a way to get through it. Amen. Well, he said in Hebrews 12, verse 1. Are you planning to win? Hebrews 12, 1, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed with so great a cloud of witnesses... I have let me just say this before I read the rest of this. I want somebody to know I'm not saying I have one bit of faith in my own strength, but I have all the faith that God can see us through. You understand that? Praise the Lord. If disciples could be hung on crosses and slain with swords and and we've got what they had. If we believe we got the same Holy Ghost, the same truth, the same walk of God with God, God's going to see us through. And it's not in my strength. It's not in anything. I can't right. just pound my chest and say, I, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. No, God is. Right. Yes. God will. Yes. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. That's the, all those folks in Hebrews 11 that are, that are witness to the fact that God is faithful. Yes. Let us yes. lay aside every weight yes. and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Yes. And let us run, the ra- run with patience the race that is set before us. So, so if we're going to plan to win, we've got to recognize that there are besetting sins. Things that will tempt you. You have to be man or woman enough to be able to say, It doesn't matter what other people feel like is right, wrong, or they can get away with. There's some things that I know the devil wants to use to pull me down. The sin which has so easily beset us is something that that you are vulnerable to. Amen. And if you stop praying like you ought to, if you get out of the Word like you ought to, if you allow yourself to drift just a little bit and your flesh gets strong and your spirit's weak like Jesus told Peter, just because you proclaim, i die before I leave you. Well, that's great. Your spirit's willing, but your flesh is weak. You better pray. Amen. You better pray. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So how'd he do with that? <laughs> Didn't do very well, did he? Took a nap? Right. Yeah. Amen. Right. Didn't have the strength he needed. And what did he do? He denied the Lord. That's right. Amen. You know what? That's, what? that's what it says in the book of Proverbs. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands. They didn't wake up one day and say, you know what? I don't uh, uh, I'm giving up. I don't care. It's just a little bit, a little excuse, a little excuse, a little excuse. Amen. So Bible says there are besetting sins you need to be. If you're planning to win, you need to recognize, hey, you know, there's so many people. They don't have that attitude like the disciples there at the Last Supper where Jesus starts saying, one of you betray me and people say, I, I, not me. No, they said, "Is it I? Is it me? Is, I've been. I know I've messed up a lot lately. I don't want to be the one that that betrays you, Lord." Amen. Sometimes you can just, you know, the Holy Ghost is working. You know, the anointing is there. You know, it's just coming right down where you're sitting. And sometimes people are just like, I wonder who he's preaching to. I was really good. Never really for the first time hear God saying, "You know, that's for you." Yeah. They can't consider that. You need to recognize there are you're, you're not just all powerful. We're safe in God. Don't get me wrong, but we got to know our weakness, know where we struggle, know what trips us up. Yes, sir. Be able to recognize some things that are weights in our lives. Yes, sir. Be able to recognize just honestly and say there's some things that I feel like God can deal with me and show me this isn't helping me. This isn't helping me keep my attitude right, my spirit right. This isn't helping me grow in God. There's some things I need to... It's not a matter of God beating me over the head and preachers preaching you into hell if you don't just give it up. But it's just a matter of saying, God, is this a weight that's keeping me from really being godly? Amen. Is this just so close to the line that it's just that easy to get over the line? Amen. Amen. I was talking to... To the family earlier today, I was talking, they were talking about stopping in a restaurant and they were selling one of those impossible burgers. And I said, that's, that's vegetarian. That's, that's, I don't know. They, they made that burger in a lab somewhere. Made it look like meat and, and, uh, I guess taste like meat. I haven't had one, but I don't know how many ingredients are in it. I don't know what they've done, but they've created some kind of, uh, Impossible burger. And uh, I was thinking about how so many of the, the, the vegetarians and the vegans and all of them there, they got vegetarian ribs and uh, vegetarian pulled pork and, and vegetarian burgers and all this. Stuff. You know what's in their heart. You know they're just dying to get a hold of some kind of meat. Amen. They can't just eat a vegetable, they got to kind of try to make it look like it used to be out in the field somewhere. Amen. Amen. So uh and and you just go through the grocery store and see their, you know uh you know eggs and all, all these things it's not not uh, never never moved never clucked uh praise God and I'm, the Bible says be not conformed to this world be transformed and some people just trying so hard to get close to the world you know it's in their heart Amen. You know, they want it so bad, but they're trying so hard. Hey, just get as far away from it as you can. If it's a weight, don't get so close to the line. Be smart about this. Be wise about this. Some folks, they walk so close to the sin that it easily besets them. You can see it's in their heart. You can see what it is. Amen. Well, praise God. He said, if you plan to win, you're going to make some decisions. You're going to make some decisions that are going to get you closer to heaven. You're going to make some decisions that are going to be strengthening you. Not looking for the least possible that you have to just get through your life and hopefully, hopefully you don't die lost. No, you're living for God. You're loving God. You're putting your heart into this. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians nine. First Corinthians nine twenty four. You're planning to win. You're not just winging it. You're not just hoping for the best. You're going to look at some things in your life and say, you know what, I my my dedication has to be 100%. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I've got to give this, put my heart into this. I, I'm not giving part time to God. 1 Corinthians 9.24 says, Know ye not they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain saying, if only one's going to get first place. You push with all your heart like that's what you want to yes, obtain. Sir. You live for God like if there's only one person going to make it, it's going to be you. Right. Say, I don't believe that. Of course I don't. But you live for God with all your heart. Every man that striveth for masteries is temperate. Somebody who really wants to obtain a... They want to be the best. They want to be number one. They they exercise self-control. They're temperate in all things and they do it now. They do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. It's that much more important. Oh, yeah. This is eternity. When, when you see folks that are they're putting their heart and soul into uh, reaching a goal, you see people trying to be the best, whether, whatever it is in this world. And, and where is our heart living for God? He said, I therefore so run, so not as uncertainly, so fight I not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Paul said, I'm planning to win this thing. Yes, sir. I'm planning to finish my course. Amen. Yes. I know that within me is the vulnerability within me. I can I can be weak. I can be tempted. I can be weighed down. I can be attacked by the enemy. And I know all this. So I'm thinking about if he's got 20,000 coming my way, what am I going to do about it? If this is my vulnerability, if this is my besetting sin, if this is what has gotten me down, this is what has attacked me before. If this is what's caused me to act like my old man and not like a child of God. If this is what's kept me from really being everything God wants me to be. What am I doing about it? Amen. It's just that simple. What am I doing about it? not just talking about it but making some decisions and making doing some things changing some things so i can get where i need to be across the finish line right. it shouldn't just be i hope i make it right. yeah. doing everything i know in god to keep in him and be strong in him amen. amen that's why it's so important somebody i said earlier about sister daphne's testimony about being in the house of god i i, I need I, I need that kind of uh, influence in my life i need i need not only not only do i need what god is doing in his spirit to be confronted by his his word and be challenged by that and be sensitive to that so i can say is that me is he talking to me is that for me amen, amen. Yes, sir. i'm just if there's anybody here that gets tired of hearing sister daphne be excited about getting preached to Maybe you need to get your heart more sensitive about it because it's a it's a beautiful thing to hear from God. I never get tired of hearing from God. I never get tired of thinking, God, and all the things you're doing to keep this universe going, all the things you've got on your mind to just go ahead and bring something across a pulpit in a way that it touches my heart so specifically for what I'm dealing with It's so valuable to me. It's so valuable to me. And if you gave me a hundred dollar bill every time you saw me, I would thank you every single time. Amen. Amen. I wouldn't get tired of saying thank you (laughs) when God is so kind to me to just bless me and do so much more than a hundred dollars would do to talk to me and help me be saved and help me be better. But you know what else I need? I need people missing me when I'm gone. I need that. You know, some people, if, they, if they're if they looking to kind of drift a little bit more, they think that's ridiculous. People just worried about me. Mind your own business. Hey, you know what? You need that. Yeah. Just number one, you need people loving you, and that's just the way it ought to be. Yeah. But another thing, when people care about you and you say, you know what? I need a little bit of accountability because I can drift a little bit. Yeah. I, I can start to slip a little bit. I tend to to just get on my own, and and, right. and sometimes things... Can, can cause me to slip a little bit more than I want to admit. That's why it's important to have that community around you, that support around you. When you get hit hard, the Bible says two are better than one. And a threefold cord is not easily broken. Amen. God's put us together to help us keep going. Iron sharpening iron. Amen. Second Peter, the first chapter. Second Peter one. I thank God for people that are praying for me. Amen. Thank God for people that'll that'll check on me. All right. yes, sir. You sure you're alright? You doing okay? Amen. Right. We need one another, like I said. Yes, sir. Second Peter one verse five says, beside all this, beside this, giving all diligence. You hear that? You're putting some effort in that. All diligence. Add. Somebody say add. Add to your faith virtue, virtue knowledge. We went down all this. I want to get to something here. We're not going to just take every word and uh, and preach on it here. We don't have that time. But add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance, to temperance patience, to patience godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence, there it is again, to make your calling election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. Planning to win. So if I've got faith and virtue and temperance and patience and brotherly kindness and charity, uh, uh, I guess I'm so lucky. And if you don't have it, then, then that's too bad because I, I'm going to, you know, I, I'm not going to fall if I have these things that abound. In the, no, no, no. He doesn't say either you have them or you don't. He says you need to look at yourself and diligently add them. Amen. Amen diligently add them i've got to look sometimes at my my self-control my, these are some of the ugliest words you're going to deal with amen okay. you start talking about all things going on in the world and god says i want you to be patient yes. i want you to exercise self-control who right. hallelujah you're not shouting now but you know it's right yes, add some knowledge godliness brotherly kindness charity you gotta work on you gotta work on it. You gotta get after it. Amen. Amen. You gotta put forth an effort. Amen. Amen. You got you gotta look at your life and say, you know what, I'm doing better now than I was. Let me tell you what happens when you are focused on adding to your Christian character, being perfected, the Bible talks about in holiness. When you start being aggressive, diligent in adding some things, you're already taking the battle to another level i've dealt with folks many many times where they're just constantly so afraid they i don't want to fall i don't want to backslide i'm always stumbling and getting back up and, and and always just keep keep on messing up and hey wait a minute now stop just trying not to be something and start adding some things and be, let that be your focus and growth and maturing and doing something for god when you get on that offensive if you will you get into that aggressive nature of doing more for god and letting that be your focus on how i can be better for him and add these things it just changes the whole dynamic of the battle Now you're out to win, amen. You're going to look around the church and you're going to see it differently. It's not oh, look at look at what's going wrong and look at how something. No, no, no. You're you're in this to press forward and you're rooting for people because you you want it to do better. You want everything to be just just knocked over into up up another notch, amen. Into victory after victory after victory. That takes diligence. You're not just winging it. You're not just hoping for the best. You're not just going through some wimpy prayers and saying, "Okay, God bless this and do this. And I hope this gets better. And if it doesn't, I don't know what I'm going to do. You start adding. You start. Diligently. putting some effort into it. I want to do better. I know where some of my downfalls are, some of my weaknesses are some of those. You know, I heard somebody preach years ago about your besetting sin. Say, so you want to know what your besetting sin is? You want me to tell everybody what your besetting sin is? It's the one you get sick of hearing the preacher preach about. It's the one when he starts getting close to the verses. I know what he's going to say. He's always talking about, you think he's always talking about because God's trying to get you. Oh, and you get mad at the preacher. You get mad when somebody stands up and talks about what God did for them because he, hello? Listen, you got to recognize there's some things in me that I wanted to do better. I want to, I want to see improve. I, want to, I, I don't want to be good enough. Right. That can be such an enemy in your life. This, this mentality, this mediocre mentality of being good enough to get by. Where do you see that in the Bible? Where do you see any of God's children having that kind of mentality? But you see Paul saying, I have not even apprehended what's got a hold of me. But I continually press towards the mark. For the prize. Amen. If you lack these things, you're blind and can't see afar off. But he says, if you give diligence to make your calling and election sure, you do these things, you shall never fall. That's my plan. What about you? My plan is to never fall. But it's got to be more than words. It's got to be more than this idea that I sure hope it happens. You've got to do something about it. You've got to look at the battle and be wise and say, okay, I know what the devil's been coming at me with. And get this. Anybody been around this a long time, you're, you know, and I'm not being negative. I'm being realistic. Right. Praise God. You you make plans to succeed. You make plans to grow. You make plans to do well. There, life always throws a curve in things. Right. Amen. Tries to shake things up a little bit. Right. That's life. Yeah. That's this world. That's part of the battle. Sometimes it's just life itself. Right. But you've got a foundation under you and you've got a You've got a goal and you've got a direction and you don't waver in that. Sometimes it causes you to reevaluate some things, but you're planning to win. You're not giving up. All of a sudden, something changes. Ah, what's the use? Why? Praise the Lord. You just keep doing what God's called you to do. You just keep doing what you keep loving God. Keep serving God. Amen. You know, it was mentioned tonight about Job. Book starts off great. He's losing things left and right. And not that that's great. But Job looks at his wife and says, I'm going to keep worshiping God. She says, why, why don't you curse God and die? You speak like a foolish woman. I'm just, God's been good to me. I'm going to keep worshiping God. I'm just going to keep loving him. It only got to when his friends started coming and really loading him up with all this blame and this 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 condemnation that he kind of rises up and tries to defend himself. But when he starts off, he's saying, you know what? My my focus is still on him and I'm still going to do what I've always done. Isn't that what Daniel did? Everything. Daniel, you're going to be fed to lions. I'm going to keep doing what I've always done. Just going to keep loving God, going to keep serving God. Do you realize what you're up against? Are you so dumb that you don't see the adversity that's in your life? And I'm going to keep serving God. Amen. I don't see him just making a big deal about it and just getting so focused on what the enemy's doing. Just going to keep loving God, keep doing what I've always done. Amen. Keep learning. Keep growing. Keep being perfected. Don't ever feel like you've learned enough. You know, the more you live for God, the more you recognize that the word of God is so rich and so beautiful. If you keep an attitude that says, I still have a lot to learn. Preacher, preach to me. God, talk to me. Open up your Bible and say, show me something I, I haven't seen before. Help me to do better. Amen. Don't ever stop. Amen. Look what it says in Second Timothy. In closing, Second Timothy 4. Very familiar, I'm sure, most of us. Now, Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, of course, is talking to Timothy Young pastor, he is discipling. And Timothy, we know, he said that there was nobody he knew that had a heart like Timothy, like that was just like Paul's heart to just minister, to love, to serve people. He, his his uh, he wasn't in it for reputation. He wasn't in it for for uh, people's admiration. But he tells him, Second Timothy four verse one. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. So that's pretty serious. I'm I'm going to tell you something. Right before the great judge of the living and the dead. Preach the word. Be instant. I think we kind of paraphrased this the other day. Be instant in season and out of season reprove rebuke exhort with all long suffering and doctrine this tells me that's the number one i read this for me and say this is this i need to do this god you're talking to me too i need to preach the word i need to be ready to do it no matter what the direction of the wind is no matter who's happy who's not happy i wish everybody was always happy amen but you know what it don't matter we need to just go ahead and stay in the word and keep preaching the word but it also says that the word of God needs to be used to reprove, to correct, to rebuke, it's a little stronger. Amen. Right. To exhort or encourage with all long-suffering and doctrine. That tells me not only that it ought to be that way in the house of God that the preacher is laying it out clear, but we need to have a heart to be able to be corrected. We need to be sensitive enough, sensitive enough to be corrected. To be instructed in all righteousness. Don't ever get to a place where God can't just put you back in line. Tell you what you need to, to do to be right. Amen. Never, never, never get to a place. Praise God. Myself included. Where God can't just say, hey now. Praise God. This is You need to get some things right. You need to take get some things in line. Amen. But the Bible says the time will come. How many believe it's here to right now? Don't let it be you. Don't let it be you. The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. I will say it again. I cannot believe the amount. I have never ceased to be amazed about just the false doctrine, the ridiculous things that are called preaching bible teaching these days perverse things that are brought into pulpits so unbiblical so ungodly says lies and false teachings amen how does it get by people love to hear what they want to hear they want to hear you're okay you're all right you don't need an altar you don't need to repent you don't need the blood to be shed for your sins Help us, Lord, in this day to say, God, I I need to be right. Amen." Amen. They shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They're looking for preachers. Don't challenge me. Don't confront me with my sin. Don't tell me I'm lost. Tell me what I want to hear. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. It's lies. It's like Peter Pan. (laughs) Then too many are like Tinkerbell, I guess, to to be honest with you, nowadays. And preachers won't stand up against it. Preachers won't just say, hey, this is an altar. You need to hit it. Amen. You need to repent. You need to turn from your wicked ways. Turn to God. We're living in this day. The devil's fighting. But is the church meeting that aggression from the kingdom of hell with wisdom and with action to say, I am planning to win? We need to look at our lives and be serious. How am I going to grow? How am I going to learn? How am I going to, going to face what we need to face in these last days? Hey, listen, our faith needs to be growing. Our faith needs to be growing. Our faith, the battle's raging. We need to be learning to exercise that faith. We need to be learning how to hear from God and learning how to be equipped in this last day to meet what the devil's doing. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Oh, help us, Lord. God tells them to count the cost. The Lord says very clearly. We need to be able to. Not just go through the motions day by day hoping for the best. But we need to need to examine ourselves and look at our lives and say, God, is there. Some things I could be doing, Lord, some Some weights I need to lay aside. Some sin I need to get as far away from as possible. You need to be honest with yourself. If you don't know, you can pray. God will help you. God wants you to be saved. Do you understand how great that is? God wants you to be saved. He doesn't want you to be confused. He's not the author of confusion. He wants you to make it. and He'll help you see the things that are tearing you down. If you'll be honest and humble enough to say, okay, God, you lead me. You lead me, God. If you say it's a weight, God, I'm going to lay it down. If you say it's a, it's a besetting sin, God, you lead me with wisdom God, to lay it down. Get rid of it. You want God to work in your life? You need to recognize the battle you're in. You need to recognize how the devil fights you, how the devil tempts you. Don't kid yourself. Don't kid yourself. Don't act like temptation's not tempting. But recognize that God will give you victory in every battle, every trial, every temptation. God's got a way of escape. God's got a way to help you. Proverbs twenty seven twelve says, A prudent or a wise man foreseeeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. You'd be wise to be able to think ahead. Here's some things that have come against me before. Here's what I'm going to do about it, so that I can have strength now and wisdom to foresee the evil. Oh, hallelujah. Let's find a place to pray. Let's let's talk to the Lord. God, I know. I know your people are here fighting battles, and I know they want to win. Lord, you've given us everything we need to win. We don't have to be afraid of losing. We don't have to be afraid of falling away. But we can't live our casual life. Lord, help us to be more determined, more diligent than ever. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord, renew us and refill us. When was the last time you just had a good breakthrough? When was the last time God just really renewed you in His Spirit? Oh, it's available. It's here for you. Oh, yes, Lord. to work through each and every one of us. He's got a plan and a purpose to bring you through. He sees every battle that you're about to face. He sees everything that you must get through. And He's got a way for you to get through it. He's got a way to help you to endure to the end. He's going to help you every step of the way. You don't have to be afraid of it. So we have to be wise. We have to plan to win. We have to think about the things that the devil throws our way and make up our minds. We're not going to be fooled. We're not going to be snared to do to me. Don't let me be lost for eternity. Work, Lord, work, Lord, in every heart. Lord, help us to be sensitive to your spirit. Help us, Lord, to be humble and be honest, Lord God, with ourselves. Lord, help us to see ourselves in light of this age that we're living in, God, in light of the battles that we're facing. And recognize, God, when you're leading us. Teaching us and guiding us, even correcting us, God, and letting you have full control of our lives. God, we love you so much. Oh, we worship you. Oh, we worship you, God. You're so good. Hallelujah. God's going to help you. God's going to help you every step of the way, but the devil's going to fight you. Keep letting God lead you. Keep letting God guide you let God be able to talk to you about when you are weak, when you are vulnerable, and how to fortify, edify yourself in the spirit and be overcomers. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Father, thank you. Thank you so much, Lord, for the grace that you've given us in this day, Lord. Lord, your kindness, your blessings, God, in a dark day. Help us, Lord, to continue to keep our eyes on you and that you'll direct us every step of the way. You'll guide us through every storm, through every battle. You'll be with us and never leave us, never forsake us. Help us to be wise in this time of this time of confusion, God, this time of darkness, God, that there be light in every life here today. God, we love you, and again we ask you to please keep us in your care. Keep us in safety and health, God. Lord, shine your light brightly through each one of us. We love you. We thank you, Lord. We ask you to just keep us as we travel. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you, church.